Folks, the matchup is set for the superb Al, the big game, whatever we are legally able to call the football championship matchup. And it's the 49ers and the Chiefs, and I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it, but guess what? That is going to be your big game matchup. And you know who's got you covered for all of the best betting? It's Bet Online, your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. Head to Bet Online today to stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. Enjoy the show. Yeah, I'm a, we got the Super Bowl matchup. I guess I can say that now that we're not doing a promo, but but we'll call it the big the big game, which I've always found very funny as a way to say it. But you know, I, I was hoping at least one of Detroit or Baltimore would make it in, so I wouldn't have to deal with the 49ers whiny asses and the the Chiefs just being there again, the new Patriots. And lo and behold, it was the worst case scenario for an Eagles fan. I was pulling so hard for Detroit. I mean, I was doing I wanted Baltimore too because Baltimore's like fun and I like Lamar Jackson and yeah. I feel I kind of feel bad for him because like he's just he just it, it's it, we were all right, before we started the show we were talking about Donovan McNabb and how people just like hated him for no reason. Absolutely like, hated his guts. It seems like people hate Lamar Jackson for no reason and they're just like he's not a quarterback. And I'm like, what are you fucking talking? What are you saying? It's just insane behavior. I think I know people say. what you're saying, and I don't like it. I don't yeah. like what you're insinuating here. And, you know, it happens with, you know, the frequency with which these conversations come up with, with black quarterbacks is absolutely insane. It's just like, it's startling that we're still having these conversations in 2024. But, you know. It's where we are. It's what's happening. Ain't it grand, folks? Ain't it grand? But yeah, like I felt bad for Lamar Jackson. But as you're saying, I was really pulling for Detroit. I mean, not only because the 49ers just whined and whined and whined after the Eagles championship game last year, but also because Detroit's never won a Super Bowl. And you want to talk about a suffering city, you know, non-hockey, of course. Hockey, Mm -hmm. they have not suffered. But basketball the pistons are among the nba's worst around these days you know they were good back in the day in the grant hill days but it's uh as a, a not so wise man once said it's been a while and been a while. the lions just have one of the most pathetic playoff track records in nfl history it's just insane like my first big eagles playoff memory is the lomas brown game where the Eagles just whooped the giant or the lions in the vet and Lomas Brown had talked some shit beforehand. And the crowd went Lomas Lomas great game for the Eagles, but had to be devastating for the lions. And the lions have had two of the greatest players of their generation and Barry yeah. Sanders and Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders retired early on them. And Calvin Johnson probably so did Calvin Johnson. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, like they yeah. both retired kind of early. And then and they saw like, Matt Stafford get traded, who had been there forever, and immediately win a immediately. Super Bowl. Immediately. Yeah. It's just, it, it just, sucks. And Detroit, man, like, it's a lot like Philadelphia, where it's a city that was once, like, really great and has really fallen on some hard times. And, you know, like, there's some great things to it, but it looks scary to outsiders. Like, I feel a kindred spirit with Detroit. And also, it's uh, it's Tim Robinson's team over there, you know? I think you should leave Tim Robinson. Come on, I got to pull for Tim. Come on, he's made me laugh so much. How can I not want him to be happy with football? But that, it, sadly, it was not to be. The Lions had an awful collapse. I saw a tweet. I can't remember exactly who it was, so apologies on that. But it was basically like watching the second half of that Lions game was like a condensed version of the second half of the Eagles season. That was so bad. It was Honestly, that's true. That's exactly what it reminded me of because like yeah. watching the way that their defense just became completely useless in the second half. I was like, huh, this looks pretty Eagles to me, <laughs> you know, right, like, right. it was, it was awful. And uh, listen, I am all for a head coach being aggressive. I, I love when head coaches are aggressive. That game's on Dan Campbell. Oh, I mean, he was he, not aggressive you, when he should have been. And he was aggressive when he shouldn't have been. He listen, I I'm totally like even a couple of those fourth down calls out, like I was okay with, um, there are times where you should just take the points and like that. When you can tie the game up with four minutes left, you take the points that Reynolds drop on what was it like fourth and something? I can't remember, but like they were in field goal range. He drops it. That changes everything. Literally that changes the whole game. And like, I think he was unnecessarily aggressive. Like he did not have to be, as aggressive as he was trying to be in the second half there. And that screwed everything up. And then that, that miracle of a play where the, the ball went off of that dude's face mask. And then Brandon, Ayuk catches it. And it's just, like, Oh my when, God. As soon well, as that happened, I was I've like, Oh seen. my God. Yeah. And like, dude, I think Brock Purdy is the biggest fraud in football. Like couldn't agree he more. is, couldn't agree more. he is so like, don't get me wrong. He's, he's good. not bad. He's not bad. He's good. He's a good quarterback. People are acting like he's some sort of MVP. Well, like, like he is Joe Montana like reborn. Yeah. Like they truly like Joe think that he's dead. He's not. They truly, they truly believe that he is like the next Brady or the next Montana. And I'm sitting here looking and I'm just like, like, I, I don't, I, I don't understand. it. I don't get it at all. I think Brock Purdy is like very mid. I would love to see him attempt to pass more than 30 yards downfield. And it's actually funny. I saw someone tweet like um, they they put in quotation marks, Brock Purdy doesn't throw the ball downfield. And then they attached the video of him throwing that pass to Ayuk where it went off of the DB's face mask. I'm like, that was an interception. That it was a great pass to the DB. It was a great yeah. pass to the DB. Yeah. And I was like, what, are you trying to prove a point right now? That, that was He overthrew that possible. ball. Yeah, it was awful. Like, that was the worst deep throw it accuracy been ever. It was unbelievably lucky. And I I can't believe I'm at this point where it's like, I think I'm just going to root. For, I don't want to root for the Chiefs in this game. But you know what? I'm st- I, Andy Reid, despite the fact that we lost to him last year, I still like Andy Reid. And uh, I like when Jason Kelsey's happy. And I'm hoping that maybe yeah. he'll have one of the all-time, like, Super Bowl shenanigans where he's just, like, maybe he'll go do a full streak on the field during the Super Bowl. I, I think that would really make everybody's day. 
I hope he jumps on stage. Like, oh, it'd be great. If, like, the Chiefs win, I hope he jumps up there and he just starts doing another, you know, mummers thing. And then maybe he'll do a Wolf of Wall Street speech and, and unretire. I'm not leaving! I'm not fucking leaving! I'm not going anywhere! Like, that yeah. would be amazing. That would be an all-timer right there. I also want the Chiefs um, because I don't really have a problem with anyone on the Chiefs. Like, I like Travis Kelsey. Mahomes might be... He's, like, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. I love. I mean, I ha- I've never had beef with Patrick Mahomes. I, a lot of people hate Patrick Mahomes' brother, which I get. I don't give a shit. Um, Patrick Mahomes. I'm not on TikTok. Wife. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know either. But like, I've I've heard things about his brother, and apparently he sucks. His yeah. wife. Everyone talks a trash about her, and I don't understand why. She seems like a cool girl or wife. I, I yeah, I think they're married. Sure. Um, they see. She seems cool, so I don't know why people hate on her, but. And then, of course, Taylor Swift, Steve. I mean, <laughs> I love seeing Taylor Swift. People freak. People are losing their shit about Taylor Swift it's honestly being very shown funny. in the press box. It's so funny to me. Like, they show Jerry Jones 10 times per cow- Cowboys game, and no and one bats a, an eye. He is a racist ghoul. Yes, a terrible person. And, and guess what, guys? Don't bat an eye That's not slander for saying that because there's literally a picture of him blocking people from entering his school. You know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <he>? Like, <laughs> come on. That's not exaggeration. That is a real fact. He's an awful person. He's awful, and it's not pleasant to look at. You know? No. Uh, yes. He... I would much rather see Taylor Swift 15 times a game than Jerry Jones. I'm telling you. Jerry Jones, he's a lot like, uh, what's his name? Lule Morello. They're both old as hell, and they both, oh. look like the, they both look like the prophet of regret from Halo. Oh, my God. Lule Morello, I'm convinced, is the devil. I've called him that on this program before. He is the actual devil. He is just awful to look at. I don't enjoy it. Yes, I would much rather. That's not even a question. I'd rather look at Taylor Swift. And, and who doesn't? Who doesn't want Mama Kelsey to be happy? I mean, exactly. whatever, you know, whatever oversaturation you might feel that the Kelsey brothers might have gotten in media, which is never enough for me because Jason Kelsey's an all-time Philadelphia Eagle. He's one of my heroes. I love him. Mama Kelsey, nobody hates Mama Kelsey. She's fantastic. No. My only qualm with Travis Kelsey is that when they won the AFC Championship again this year, he did... The, did you you say gotta they were underdogs fight for again? your right to party. He did that again. I'm like, dude, no, you did that last year. <laughs> like, you got to say something else this year. You can't just like to me that was I lazy hated of him. I hated like last year. He did that whole like like nobody believed in us. Like everybody believed in you. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, like no I one, think the you gambling were odds were in your favor. Like, get out of here. Get, get, yeah. Travis can be a bit much sometimes, but Jason and Mama Kelsey are saints. Yeah, Travis can be annoying, but I don't think he's like some he's people hate like, him. I don't. I don't hate Travis Kelsey. I I do think like if I were his friend, I'd be like, "Yo, dude, shut up!" Like <laughs> just for two couple sec. Like, dude, just like, chill. Sheesh, Trav. Can we just like cut cut it down to a dull yeah, roar? Like, take it down a notch. Yeah, but man, when I was watching that Detroit failure right there, I I so I had drinks with one of my friends last night. And we were talking about, you'll recall when the Eagles lost the Super Bowl last year, we talked about some of our, our worst sports heartbreaks in Philadelphia sports history. Because and me and my buddy were talking about this because, like, you know, that's got to be, like, 
the worst one in Detroit Lions history. Like it has to be because oh, yeah. that was their trip to the Super Bowl. And we started call, you know, doing our top 10 worst Philly ones again. Um, and we have different perspectives because the buddy I was having drinks with is he kind of goes like Eagles, Phillies, Sixers, Flyers. Whereas I, you know, obviously oh, yeah. Flyers are very, very high for me. And the Sixers are the bottom rung of the, the core four there. But, uh, you know, I still love my Sixers. Don't get me wrong, but, basketball is not my favorite sport you know it's it's, and that's how it kind of goes you don't love the way they dribble up and down the court (laughs) yes that was a good that's a good pull right there i appreciate that but uh you know i so basically we had different lists he had a couple of sixers ones up there i didn't really have that many sixers ones he didn't really have the flyers ones but uh you know we ultimately always come down to you know for me the 2010 flyers the patrick kane goal is always like near the top of my list. That was just uh, as close as I've come in my lifetime to seeing the Flyers win a Stanley Cup. So when I went to the alumni game last week, I didn't realize that the goaltending duo in net that night would be the same exact goaltending duo from the 2010 run, Brian Boucher and Michael Layton. And I didn't put two and two together until I saw Layton come in there. And I'm like, holy shit, is that Michael Layton? And then Mm -hmm. I went, oh my God, it's this same exact goaltending duo from the 2010 run. And then I had a little bit of a, you know, a nightmarish flashback, but then I relaxed again and had a good time. A great time, by the way, at the alumni game. Flyers really do such a good job with these alumni games. And it's always great when you can see them go up against another team's alumni. They played against the Boston Bruins alumni. This has to be, at least in the history of alumni games I've gone to, the highest scoring one I've seen. Six goals for your Philadelphia Flyers, two goals for the Boston Bruins in this game. Six damn goals for the Flyers. It was awesome. It was so much fun. I think it's funny that the Flyers alumni won six to two. And then the f- actual Flyers lost six to two to the actual Bruins. That's pretty wild. I didn't even think about that until just yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, I think it's a little funny. No, it's definitely funny. It's, uh, I, you know, some people call it ironic, but I don't think that's the proper use of ironic there. But, uh, yeah, man, it was, I'll tell you what, though, a lot of fun. They were out there. They just, like, is, there were some great guys out there. So they were honoring Mark Recchi. And despite what Kelly Hinkle will tell you, Mark Recchi actually is or was a good flyer and definitely deserves to be honored by the Flyers. I mean, he's got one of the highest scoring seasons in Flyers history and he was it's here for the 10 highest years. scoring, isn't it? It is. I believe it is the highest scoring. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. he's kind of important in the history of the Flyers. Like yeah. I know he ended up going somewhere else and he ended up winning a cup somewhere else. I mean, he like, started with the Penguins. He came yeah. here. He played for the Bruins. He played for the lightning. He played for every damn team in the league. It feels like, but he spent, the most time here. And that's, you know, he's a guy who I watched a lot as a kid. He was a flyer during my formative years. And, you know, the crazy eights line was just before my time. And I think they tried to have a reunion for the crazy eights at this one, but Brent Fedek couldn't make it work, which is a shame. But, uh, Mark Recchi did get to play with Eric Lindros and John LeClaire, which, you know, I enjoyed. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, the the Legion of Doom. I wish I was around to see the Legion of Doom line. Like you know, seeing Leclerc, seeing 
um, Lindros, Recky out there. Re- Renberg else? is the Renberg. The Renberg. Usual. That's the yeah. other one. Yeah, that's the other. But one. Renberg doesn't make it over as often because he he tends to stay back in his home country. But uh, yeah, it was Kimo great was to see over. Recky out there. Kimo, Kimo was over. Him. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. Kimo still looked good. Like he still got the vision. He still got the hands. I saw him do a, a blue line to blue line pass through traffic like it was nothing. You know, like classic Kimo Timo. It was I loved watching him out there. And Mark Howell still has it too. Mark Howell is old as shit and he can pass like a mother. Like it's it was awesome. So this had this video came out a while ago. I think it was now that I'm looking it up, it was like 2017, so it's been some time. You mentioned been a while. you you mentioned been a while. You mentioned some players who look good now. Now, granted, this is 2017. I don't know how he's looking like in the year 2024. Paul Correa. If he looks looks even close to how he did in 2017, long after he left the NHL, dude, he could be playing right now. Paul Correa? I believe Paul Correa. Dude, he is in impeccable shape. Paul Correa, I mean, one of the great players from my youth. I mean, when I was a teenager... I really love those Ducks teams. I mean, part of that was growing up with the Mighty Ducks movies, obviously, right, and having yeah. those great sweaters. But Paul Correa and Timu Solani, just an unbelievable duo in Anaheim. Just a pleasure to watch. And, you know, it's so funny to watch, like, some of the recent alumni out there versus, like, the older guys. Like, Joe Watson played in this game. Joe Watson is 80 years old yeah and he was playing defense and he was getting knocked over and he was standing in there and in the scrums it was awesome joe watson man he ended up getting second star of the game because the fact that he was 80 years old and doing the fact that he was even playing is like a small miracle not even a small that's a huge miracle that he he did stuff he did stuff he was great i i loved it oh and then like Dude, Patrick Sharp looked awesome. Patrick Sharp, who's now part of the Flyers front office, was just, he was Known skating flyer. really smoothly. Yeah. Uh, he was drafted by the team. Should have kept. Should have kept. Kimo Timo looked eight. Uh, Bush made some good saves, you know? He was uh, joking with Coatsy about uh, not getting up from his seat after he sat. But, you know, he looked pretty good. Lates made some good saves. And uh, I love, my favorite part of the alumni games are the goons. Watching... The uh, the brawlers go out there and show us just how talented at hockey they are. And Donald Brashear, Riley Cote, and Todd Fedoric, man, those guys. By the way, Riley Cote, he's got a straight up like wrestler look right now with the 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 beard and the long hair, like epic look from him. But uh, Brashear looked awesome, and it's so good to see him out there and involved with the team again. Uh, and then Fedoric always gives his all. I've seen a couple of these with Fedoric and Fedoric is like, he is a friggin' alumni game gamer. So I've never seen an alumni game. Um, and t- Fedoric obviously was like long before my time of watching the flyers, but like, you didn't I, even know the nickname in the fridge. I didn't that. I did not. You but thought I, I was can talking tell you about right William now, Perry. I would love, well, so who came first? Was Oh, it was William Perry, but people yeah, called yeah. him Fridge. Yeah. But that what I'm saying is like if you're a Flyers fan, you hear you Fridge, know. you probably yeah. think Todd Fedoric first, even though William Perry is like a very famous NFL player with that nickname. Exactly. Um but man, I do want to go to an alumni game one day and just watch the goons. Like 
Has Zach Ronaldo been in an alumni game yet? I don't think so. I don't think so. He has not been uh, given that shot yet. I can just imagine him doing the alumni game. And knowing Zach Ronaldo, he would treat that game as if it's game seven of the Stanley Cup. Well, that's the thing. Like, Fedorik is out there, and that's not a guy known for his hockey skills. He was definitely not. And he is just, like, trying to skate circles around guys. And that was the same with Brashear. Brashear was in there, man, and, like, firing away. Like, Brashear did a great job. I will say, if you go to one, try to go to one against an opposing team. Because, like, there is a different level of compete and effort than when it's like flyer versus flyer. Yeah. Um, Like, I don't want to see that. I want to see, I want to see this. I want to see like flyers, Bruins Like if there was like a flyers Rangers one, that would be, well, that's what they did in the 2012 winter classic. And then the one they did, the one they did a few years ago when they reunited the Legion of doom was, um, flyers penguins, which was cool. Yeah. No, no names for the Penguins at that one. Absolutely no names for the Penguins, but uh, the Flyers had like everybody out, which was great. Um, I think the only I didn't recognize a ton of the Bruins. I'd have to look at their roster. The only guy I really remember well off the top of my head was Joe Mullen. Yeah, I don't remember Joe Mullen. I think that was before me as well. Well, Joe Mullen was the power play coach for a good chunk of your your Flyers fandom. Ah, was that early on? That was like 2016, 2017, around there. Really? I think he, I think he left around 2016, 2017, but like oh, okay. 2014, yeah. 15, 16, in that range. That must have been before I got like deep into hockey where I like knew who all the coaches were. Um, but like, yeah, that's interesting. Didn't know that. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I have a really weird Flyers jersey that. Yeah, so Mullen was an assistant with the Flyers from 07 to 2017. Um, Hockey Hall of Famer, too, so fantastic player. I have a really weird Flyers jersey that's, like, it's signed by just a huge mishmash of guys, and Joe Mullen happens to be one of them because it was at, like, a Flyers carnival, and I'm like, yeah, Joe Mullen could sign my jersey. I'm currently staring at the legendary shot of Riley Cote with two black eyes at the same time. (laughs) He just Hemp looks heels, like a bud. raccoon. Hemp heels. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever interviewed yeah. Riley Cote? Have Have we? Have you? I have. I, I have not. No. Riley Cote loves to talk about hemp. I am not surprised about that. I need to get a podcast with Riley Cote, and um, uh, oh god, the the uh, how am I forgetting his name? The Shrooms guy. Who's the shrooms guy? Carcillo. Dan Carcillo. Oh, okay, okay. Get I mean, Riley sure Cote been... and Dan Carcillo in a room. Oh, Has my he been God. on a nasty knuckles at this point? I'm, I'm sure he has. I don't know, but good gracious. Carbom. Yeah. yeah. But man, it was a, a fun time at the, the alumni game. Uh, thanks to Kelly Hinkle for dragging me out of the house to, to go to that one. Very good time hanging out with Kelly at that one, even though she, uh, has this irrational hate for Mark Recchi. She has justified, I believe, on the uh, the new BSH pod that just started up this week with Ryan Gilbert. She was on and, and talking about that. So go give that a listen and give a listen to our friends, the Fly Guys. Many tasty, tangy tents out for you on the podcast feed. So be sure to subscribe and rate and all that great stuff. But I digress. But hey, guess what? Alumni game, a lot of fun. Not so much fun, the last few Flyers games. The team 
is on a five-game losing streak heading into the All-Star break. 3 nothing lost to Detroit. Going through it, bud. Absolutely. 3 nothing lost to the Detroit Red Wings. 6-2 lost to the Boston Bruins, as we mentioned. David Posternock yet again destroying the Flyers. What was it? Four hat trick? Four games with hat tricks he has against the Flyers now? Well, he so he didn't even get a hat trick. In, he didn't get a hat trick. That's right. He did not get a hat trick. He was going he for the hat trick. He ha- I think he, he, he should. It's a miracle he didn't get it um, because he had two goals in less than 20 minutes. Like it, it might have been less than 10 minutes. Like he scored two goals, like basically back to back. So, yeah, he, I, he had three points. He had an assist. But like you look at Pasta. After, what was it, Sunday? Did they play Sunday or was it Saturday? No, it was Saturday. After Saturday afternoon's game, Pasta now has 26 goals and 42 points in 29 games against the Flyers. (laughs) He has scored more goals against the Flyers than any team in the NHL, including the teams in his own division. He just beats the shit out of the Flyers, and it's like Like, the funniest thing. It's he not might even end like, up with more points against the Flyers than Crosby. And Crosby has he might. feasted on the Flyers over the years. He legit might. There's, I, like, I'm really curious why. Like, why is it that some players are just so good against one particular team for, like, no reason? Is it just the way the chips fall? Like, it, like what leads to that? I, I wonder if there's, like, some sort of weird brain chemistry going in. There was a very funny one from before your time with one of the Flyers goaltenders from the 2000 to 2010 era was Antero Nidimaki, and he absolutely crushed the Atlanta Thrashers. He was just money in the bank (laughs) against the Thrashers every time. It's like Boston Scott, like Mm -hmm, every time mm -hmm. he plays and like now, granted, we didn't even see him really get any touches this year against the Giants, so... I don't know what that was about, but like normally he goes ham against the Giants and it's just, it's funny. I think it's funny when shit like that happens. And like, unfortunately, unfortunately for the Flyers, they are the, they're on the wrong side of, of that when it comes to David Pasternak. There's a, if you want to look up, by the way, the history of Antero Nedimaki against the Atlanta Thrashers, there is a great article on broadstreethockey.com from our great friend Craig Forsyth that he wrote back in 2018, uh, Return Flight, detailing that entire history. So I highly recommend you look that up. Uh, great one from oh, Craig over yeah. there. Miss you, Craig. Every day. Every day. Every day. Been a while. But yeah, it's been a while. definitely look up that article because it's one of those things that's just like one of those very weird anomalies in in Flyers history because Nidamaki wasn't even like really the starter. He was a guy who bounced between the AHL and the NHL. He was like pretty much a backup or like a, a one, a, or, you know, like a one B at best. You know, he was not a starter. But for some reason, dude cleaned up against the Thrashers. I'm very excited to read this. This is yeah. very funny. Okay. It's a, it's a real good one for sure. But yeah, I mean, there's a, a history of guys that have just feasted on the flyers over the year. And for some reason, Posternock might be number one when all is said and done. I, I think he could be, he definitely could be up there. Crosby. Like it'll honestly, it'll be hard to, to, to reach Crosby, but like, 
my God, Pasta's just... He's on another level when he's facing the Flyers, and it's really annoying. But also, at this point, it's not... I don't even think it's annoying anymore. I think it's just kind of funny and expected now. So it's just like something we have to deal with. It's yeah. like Honestly, duty. It's like, ah, uh, oh, yeah. Just put a bet. You know, if you're the betting kind, just put a bet on any time goal for Pasta not against the Flyers every time. Like, yeah. It's pretty much money in the bank, guys. Yeah, it's easy way to win a you know to win a quick bet. Win a couple, win a couple bucks right there. You know that's a good way to do it. Gamble responsibly, of course. Blah blah blah. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, not a great. So, really, not what you wanted to see from the Flyers, and not inspiring. After we really tried to rally the troops around Sam Erson after Carter Hart's uh, leave of absence, which we will get to shortly, but. You know, we were really hoping that Sam Erson would come out strong after that and really cement himself as a guy we could rely on in net for the second half of the season. Because if the Flyers are going to make the playoffs, and now that's a lot more of an if than it was a month ago, they really are going to need some strong play in net. And, you know, this isn't totally on Erson. The defense did not do him many favors, but... Torts even came out after the game and said, like, do not put this on Sam. Like, when he got pulled at the end of the first period, that was a mercy pull. Like That was a mercy pull. Yeah, he was like, Sam, I'm so sorry the team is playing, like, ass in front of you right now. I'm going to do you a solid, and I'm going to throw Cal Peterson in there. Real big dad Torts energy there. The way he, like, kind of held his head. It was like, oh, it was kind of a a very tender moment from Tortsy. Yeah, yeah. and But you know what? That's what you got to tell your goalie. After after a first period like that, you got to tell the goalie, like, dude, I know you're probably pissed and you're probably disappointed in yourself right now. Don't be that team. The team sucks right now. Like, you're fine. Don't you worry at all. Yeah. And uh, I, I really appreciated seeing him do that. And I know, I think Bush mentioned it on the broadcast saying that, you know, he loves seeing Torts do that with the young goaltender. Yeah. Like that's that's what he would want to hear in that situation. And it's so funny because you see the two Torts in that game. Because Torts is like so tender with him there. And then post game, uh, a certain reporter asked a question and Torts is like, are you a guy from last time? Yeah, I'm not answering this. <laughs> He's like, I'm not taking any of your questions. So friggin' funny. I laughed my ass off at that. The man is, he's got many facets, our Tortorella, our John Torts. But yeah, man, it just is a bummer because I, I really, I kind of expected, by kind of, I mean, I totally expected a loss in that Bruins game. You know, like the Bruins are a good team. The Flyers yeah. are kind of struggling right now. And it's a tough matchup on a, a good day for the Flyers. But the Detroit game was very winnable. And that one was a big time letdown. You know, you really wanted to see the Flyers come out and, and kind of just kick the Red Wings ass after everything. And they definitively did not getting shut out. By, shut out by Alex Lyon at that. Like, you want to add injury to insult? Getting shut out by Alex friggin' Lyon is rough. It's funny, too. It's like, very funny. I th- I laughed. I, I got a pretty good kick out of that. Um, but, like, yeah, no. Like, the Flyers were supposed to beat the Red Wings. That was supposed to be the game where they, like, ended their losing streak and, and they, you know, started to right the ship. That, like, maybe they don't beat Boston the next game, but, like, at least you have that Red Wings game to kind of be like, okay, well, we recently won, so, like, it's hard to beat Boston, so let's go into this break and, you know, we got something positive to think about. Right now, they just, they're just riding this five-game losing streak, and that's all they can really do. I, I think they just need to completely 
wash and just rinse the last five games off of them this whole break. And when they come back, just clean slate. Just start over anew, start from scratch, and go from there. Because, like, the last five games, it's just something was missing. And you could say, oh, well, they didn't have Owen Tippett for most of that 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 stretch. Which, no, they didn't. But still, like... The team's a lot more. He'll be back. Team. Yeah, like the team has looked a lot better than that before. Even take him, take Owen Tippett out of the picture. That was not the Flyers that we've been seeing for most of this season so far. So yeah. I'm not, I'm not ready to say, oh, that's it. This is the moment where the Flyers are going to like totally crash and burn. Like I don't think that's happening yet. I feel like that they. I feel like they've been good enough for long enough this season where it's just like, oh, well, they could fix this. You know what I mean? So, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens when they come back. I, I think they really needed this break pretty bad. They needed this break. I heard a few of the guys went on a little group trip to do some team bonding, which I love Igor, to hear. Yeah, Igor Zamula, Joel Farabee, uh, I believe Ty- Tyson Forrester, Cam York. Um, can't remember who else. A bunch of players went. To I think it was Mexico. Yeah, was it Mexico? Oh my god, Mexico! Oh, that sounds like a train wreck. But I really would love to be a fly on the wall for for some of those parties. The funniest thing is, I just imagine Joel Farabee bringing like his PS Five, <laughs> and they're just they're just like in Mexico, in like the most beautiful place ever, and they don't even leave the hotel. Like, oh, we gotta play some chill. Yeah, the furthest they go from the hotel is the pool because they're spending the entire time playing NHL. Playing chill in the <laughs> like pool, yeah. Yeah, like, I've, knowing what I know, I, like, I don't know Joel Farabee personally, but, like, knowing how his, like, kind of, like, the Joel Farabee house is like and how they're just obsessed with video games, like, that's just all I imagine it being. <laughs> house Farabee, we do game here. Yes. Yeah. Now, I want to see them bounce back because I I know this team needs to sell and they they probably should sell still. But like, I want to see them in the playoffs, man. Like, I really want to see a Flyers playoff game and I want to be in the building when they return because there's nothing like it, man. It's so much fun, even though even when they get fucking blown out, like the beginning of those playoff games are a lot of fun. And I want to get back to that. But my question for today, does this losing streak make you more inclined for the Flyers to sell? Because it's it's a question that is becoming more and more relevant. The trade deadline's about a month and a week away, something like that, about five weeks. And you've got some big questions. The TSN trade bait board right now has Sean Walker, Morgan Frost, and Nick Sealer on that. And by the way, great little story on broadstreethockey.com by our own Ryan Gilbert on there that you should uh, definitely check out. But, uh, oh, wow, how about that? But those are big names, right? Like, Sean Walker has been the steadiest, one of the steadiest defensemen on this team this year. Morgan Frost is your number two center, you know? Like, he might be up and down like a toilet seat, but, you know, most nights he's your number two center. And then Nick Sealer is Nick Sealer. Awful giveaway, by the way, in... What game was that? It's the Ottawa game. Oh, my God. Awful. Yeah, that was bad. That, that was but really bad. Overall, Nick Sealer is a, a fine 6-7 defenseman, you know. But, like, those first two names are big ones. Yeah. And so we're actually starting to hear a little more coming out about Sean Walker and where he could possibly go. And according to 
uh, Elliot Friedman, I guess he appeared on NHL Network. Um, and there's actually a story about this on BroadStreetHockey.com, which you should subscribe to, written oh, by wow. Thomas, the one and only Thomas Williams. Oh, um, Thomas Williams. A rock. And uh, so uh, apparently a couple of the teams that are looking into Sean Walker include Edmonton and Tampa. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think also Toronto could be in the mix. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a few teams interested in Sean Walker here and I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they get because, all right, I'm, I've been on team sell basically the whole season. Like even when they're playing well, I feel like they should still sell, like don't lose sight of the rebuild. Um, and it sounds like that's the route they're going to take, which is good. That's what, that's what they should do. Um, but yeah, like Sean Walker sounds like he could be moved um, I don't know about Morgan Frost. I don't know. I don't know about Scott Lawton. Like there's a lot of tradable assets right now. And if the Flyers keep losing games like this, like then of course they're going to be on full on sell mode, but Ooh, Scott Lawton, man is a tough one for me because I, that's a heart and soul guy on this team. Fan favorite. I love what he does for the LGBTQ plus community and everything. And I just love him as a, a locker room guy for the Flyers, but he hasn't been that good this year. He's bad. And I'm not going to call him bad. I think he's, he's a, a been pretty, bad. He's been bad this year, but I think he is a good player. Who's not having a great year for the team. That's I like Scott Lawton a lot. I agree. But if you can get a good asset for him, like you can get a couple draft picks. I think you got to do it. They could have gotten a good asset for him last year, but reportedly sounds, sounds like it was uh there are some trustworthy people saying that they could have gotten a first round pick for him last year. So maybe, maybe, I, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I have, I have questions, but I, I just don't see how you turn down a first for him, to be honest with you. I, I, I don't either. One but, of those players that if somebody offers me a first for, it's like, yes, yeah, sold. Agreed. But also let's not forget, you know, the, the people we were dealing with for most of that. Of I mean, if it was, Chucky, was it the Chucky two trades era? Or was it the Danny breeze era? Because I actually think it was partly Chucky two trades, but then I think maybe they were getting some interest in Lawton over the off season. And then Breyer decided, no, nah, let's keep this guy. Cause he is a good veteran pleasant presence. So they kept him around. Cause Chucky two trades, man, that guy had no direction. You know, enough, not enough bad things to be said about Chuck Fletcher's time here. Just absolutely no direction from him. He he just had no clue uh, what way to take this team. And it, yeah, it was no. just painful. And the thing about Briere is he does seem to have a positive direction for the Flyers. Uh, he, most of his moves have been good. A couple extensions. I forgot to put that on the sheet here. But a couple extensions were actually signed over the past week, too, uh, including Owen Tippett which I really like that Owen Tippett deal a lot. That AAV has the potential to be, to look very, very good in a couple of years. And the reason I say that is two reasons. One, the cap is going up. So like, what is it? 6.2? Is that what it is? 6.2 million a year? 6.2. Um, yeah. 6.2 million a year for him, like a bona fide top six winger, power forward, that's pretty good. Um, and the, the kind of most enticing thing about it is that like, we may not have even seen his ceiling yet. Like we've seen flashes of what he can do when he's on his game. Imagine if he can do that consistently. 
I mean, that's a star player, like a borderline superstar player. I'd say he's, I'd say a star. Like, I'd say he has the potential to have a lot of Wayne Simmons type qualities where, you know, if, if you can get a consistent 30 goal scorer on your team, that is really a great asset to have. That was something that the... The Flyers really consistently had for years with uh, Simmons in the lineup. And then Simmons, you know, took a downturn as a lot of physical happens to a lot of physical players. And on that note, by the way, uh, it looks like Wayne Simmons did hang it up officially. So uh, just man, happy trails to Wayne Simmons and good luck in retirement. One of the all time Flyers. Just uh, a- I, I, I saw that he he actually came out and he said he did not officially retire. Not official, but like, yeah, but he he's said basically, it, but he, he pretty much said, yeah, he's basically retired, but. I'm ca- I don't know. He, he's retired as far as I'm concerned, but man, just Briere, sign him to a one-day contract to retire a flyer because yeah, I no. love that guy. A, a lot of people love that guy. Bleeds orange and black, and whew, man, he's awesome. But anyway, I miss the goal-scoring ability. That was something that was very consistent. That team didn't have a lot of goal scorers, so to have Wayne Simmons doing that so consistently uh, was a really great asset. So... If you can have Tippett doing that, and then you have Konechny scoring like he's scored, then, man, that's, you know, that's really huge. And that's contributed a lot to the success of this team. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm going. Like, uh, right now, Owen Tippett isn't some sort of superstar player. But, like, if he hits his absolute ceiling and he manages to perform that consistently the way that we've seen him the last couple weeks before he got injured... That is that is the potential of a superstar. And so, like, you know, all I'm saying is that this contract, I think, is very, very good for him. Like, he's still very young. It's an eight-year contract. It's not like he's going to be 39 or 40 when he when it runs out. Like, he's still – he's going to be in his early 30s. He's He's got the potential to be a very, 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 very good flyer. And – uh you know, it's. I thought that was a really great deal for for Danny Briere. I think he did a great job negotiating that one and getting him inked now rather than later. Because like, let's pretend he keeps his hot streak going, then he's going to start asking for eight million, and so it's just good to get him locked up now for the price that you can, um, and for the term that they have him. It's. I just think it's a good deal. I really. Like I think it's a really good deal. Yeah. No, I, I like that and. You know, if you have him locked up like that, and then hopefully Farabee keeps on the the positive points uh, trajectory that he's on, because that could be a steal at five mil a season. So you've got a couple potentially very team-friendly deals for the next few years on offense. And then the team also signed uh, Ryan Paling for, what was that, two more years? Two more years, yep. Which is, I'm perfectly fine with. Uh, Paling, I kind of was like, who the hell is this guy when he came in this year? But... Paling has been a, a perfectly cromulent fourth line player. He's pretty much what you want from a third, fourth liner shows up, does his job, doesn't make mistakes that hurt the team. You know, he is a solid, solid guy to have in your bottom six and somebody that you can pair up with Nick Delury and his unmovable contract and whoever the hell else is on the bottom line. And you just say, that's fine. Cause you don't really want your star players on the bottom line. Anyway, you, you know, you're exactly. up and comers. Yeah, and I saw a lot of people complaining about Ryan Paling, like, you know, saying, oh, $1.9 million a year, that's a way too much of an overpay. Uh, I mean, I don't hate that really that much. I mean, I think he's a good a fine player amount. for what he is. Yeah, like, it's not like... You don't want to pay over two mil for a, 
a fourth line player, right? But he's a guy who can play. It's under two mil. It's a guy who can play on the third or the fourth line. He can play hockey. He can play hockey. That's what's nice about him. He can play hockey. He doesn't hurt the team. Yeah. Like, listen, and I hate to like kind of just dunk all over Delorier again. I think we actually did this a couple weeks ago, but like, Paling does stuff. Like, you notice Ryan Paling. Like, when he gets his feet moving and he's got control of the puck and he's, you know, speeding up the ice, like, he's very dangerous. Like, he's incredibly fast. And you don't see any of that from Nick Delorier. Like, yeah, yeah, maybe he'll drop the gloves and maybe he'll hit a guy every once in a while. But, like, what does he do that adds to the team aside from being a good teammate who sticks up from players and being a good locker room presence, which like, I I will admit that like those aren't useless factors. Like those are things that do matter to the players and to the coaches and the team. But like, I'm talking on the ice. What does he really, really add? Probably not worth a no movement clause on Nick Delorier's part. (laughs) Probably not. But like Ryan Paling actually does stuff all the time. Like you notice him multiple times a game. So that's good. You want to see that from your fourth liners. And he's still pretty young. Like, it's not, he's like, what, 25? So he's still a pretty young dude. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's good. It's good to see him locked up for a couple more years. He's the exact type of player that I, Torts loves this guy. Like, yeah. he's, I know he's been benched a couple times, but like, he's responded well. He's responded the exact way that Tortorella would want you to respond when you had just been healthy scratch. So, like, and yeah. that's what Ryan your bottom Paling. sixers are for. You know, your bottom yeah. six players are there to, they're going to be healthy scratches some nights. That's why you pay them under two mil mm-hmm. a season. Paling just seems to have a really, really good attitude about everything. And like, he seems to enjoy being a flyer. So um, yeah, I like this contract. I, li- I like both the contracts. I think they're both solid. I mean, Paling's a guy, he's a lot like, uh, Pierre Edouard Belmar, right? Where Belmar has made a very nice career for himself being a bottom six glue guy on a number of teams at this point. You know, you saw him with the Avalanche, you saw him with the Lightning. Belmar has really made a nice niche for himself doing that. And, you know, Paling is a similar mold where he is a guy who's very useful that you don't have to pay a lot to just play effective hockey. Yeah, what's funny is that <laughs> Paling isn't going to get nearly the hate that Belmar got because oh Belmar got people the, hated the, Belmar and it the wasn't hate even that Belmar's... bottom six guys on those teams got was insane. But I mean, I do kind of get it because like their usage was asinine. No, it was terrible. Oh, it my made God, no Dave sense. Haxtell just figuring out how to be a coach in the NHL. <laughs> yeah, like, and it wasn't even that Belmar was bad. Like he was like for what he was, he was pretty good. But like. It was just the fact that he was tied at the hip with Chris Vandevelde. So whenever you saw Vandevelde out there, you saw Belmar, and you're like, "Oh God, here come here comes Tweedledee and Tweedledum." So, and it's funny because like they weren't playing necessarily that many minutes a night, but they always were playing like in crunch time late yeah. in the game, and yeah, that drove everybody minutes. nuts. Yes. So, thanks. But, Zach. Yeah, no, you're right. Like this is the kind like. Ryan Paling is the kind of guy who, like, you can throw him out there late in the game and you don't have to really worry too much. Like, he's he's a good player. He he does – he makes positive impacts for your team on both ends of the ice. And that's that's what you would – that's honestly the most you can possibly hope for from a fourth line forward. 
for sure. For sure. So yeah, I like both deals. I think that Danny Briere continues to uh, make smart moves for this team and uh, excited to see what he does next. He does have a tough situation that he's dealing with right now. And of course that is dealing with the flyer starting goaltender Carter Hart, who has officially been named as one of the players that is uh, supposed to surrender himself to the London, Ontario police by uh, February 5th, I believe it is. So it's official now. We speculated on it last week. Uh, the numbers all seem to make sense, but it is official. And, you know, there's, I think we spoke a lot about it last week. Um, obviously very uh, strong opinions uh, that we could be, could have towards the goaltender of the Flyers here. And I'm going to do my best to reserve a lot of those opinions for now, to not get myself into any legally murky waters here. But yeah, yeah, it's going to be a, a very interesting thing to follow, I guess you could say. But uh, yeah, upsetting news that, uh, you know, Carter Hart is officially one of them. And uh, I'm upsetting in a, a way that just, uh, it really hurts my soul as a Flyers fan to think of him as a, a potential perpetrator here. You know, like, I think I, I've kind of gone through a lot of that already emotionally. So I'm, I'm, I was very mentally prepared, you know, prepared to hear a lot of this, but it's still like, it's still upsetting at the end of the day. And yeah, but we're just going to try and focus on hockey issues for today uh, and not potential disgust and uh, awful bad feelings. But uh, just looking at, you know, Sam Erson mentioned him earlier. Uh, since the news broke, you know, Sam Erson has not had a good, a couple of good games, Detroit, very good offense, Boston, very good team. He's got a seven, seven, four save percentage in those two games. So not, hasn't been done any favors by the defense, but that's a terrible save percentage. And at this point, Cal Peterson's backup and Cal Peterson, he stinks folks. He's not good. And I was kind of curious so this is an interesting opportunity for Cal Peterson for the rest of the year, because if Cal Peterson improbably steps up here, he actually could give himself a window back into regular NHL action as like a backup or something. It's not seeming likely his AHL numbers were just hot fried ass. They were not good. And it's not, I'm not optimistic about this, but there is the possibility that he, he could be good for the rest of the year. But there's also the greater possibility that he is absolutely horrible for the rest of the year. And he's got one year left on his contract after this. I mean, he was, again, brought in as part of a salary dump on the Kings part and a great deal on Briere's part. My question of the day here, as far as Peterson goes, if he's really bad, do you consider, and I, I'm sure the answer is going to be no, but do you consider buying him out if he's awful for the rest of the season. And before you say no, I'm just going to lay the numbers out here. Uh, $1 million cap hit in 24-25, million cap hit in 25-26 per the cap-friendly buyout calculator. I mean, you could. I just don't think that makes much of a difference because the Flyers are... I mean, assuming, depending on what they do at the trade deadline, which by all means, it sounds like they're going to be trading some guys... They're going to be sticking to the rebuild as they've said that they were going to do for honestly the whole time, ever since Danny Breer took over. Um, 
if they're truly sticking to the rebuild, then like, what's one more year of his contract? Like, they're not expecting to win the cup next year. I guess either. I worry about his stink infecting the other players because some guys guys are just that bad that you don't even want people like learning bad habits from guys. Well, I, I truly think that if he like goes through the rest of the season and he is bad, the the Flyers will just add a, a not bad backup goaltender in free agency. I guess season. I'm worried about the kids learning from him with the Phantoms. Like I don't even want right. that if he's that bad. I'm hoping yeah, he's not. Yeah, but because I'd yeah, rather but, not eat the money. But I I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't think I don't think buying him out is really good. It would change much of anything. It wouldn't do the Flyers much of any good. I don't think buying him out would accelerate their rebuild or anything like that. Well, I, I, I wouldn't just... think it would accelerate the rebuild. But I guess I'm more concerned with the rebuild being done right. And I guess sometimes I just don't like crappy players being around for the rebuild. I really want Cal Peterson to prove me wrong. Even mediocrity would be perfectly fine here. Uh, I just want a guy who is good enough to throw in at the AHL level and just right, not yeah. be an utter turd out there. Um, Cause I do think if things play out, like we have no idea how things are going to play out with this Carter Hart situation. We absolutely do not. And I would be a fool to speculate on it further than I have, but uh, just thinking about, I don't know. I'm just going to move forward with the assumption that Carter Hart is not going to be the goaltender of the Flyers next year. And again, be that foolish or not, I don't know. But that's my assumption at this point in time. It could change tomorrow for all I know. But I am assuming right now he's not going to be. So if the Flyers are moving forward with Sam Erson as their goaltender, I looked at the free agent list earlier. It was not exactly... um, brimming with people that you could put in there. I think the most mm-hmm. interesting name might have been uh, Anthony Stolarz. Uh, you know you know him as Stoltender, the goaltender around these parts, folks. But uh, Stoli would be one of the guys available. But, you know, the other names were like Cam Talbot, who is, he's 36, I believe. Former flyer, Cam Talbot. Former flyer for like a cup of coffee, just <laughs> around for like a day. But, uh, yeah, like it wasn't a bunch of great names. I I wish I had saved the list. I put it up on the Slack earlier, but I can't seem to find it. But, uh, yeah, man, like, I don't know. Not exactly inspiring confidence there, but, uh, yeah, I I guess, I don't know. This really is a, a tough goaltending situation, uh, for the Flyers moving forward and, you know, especially the rest of the season is going to be tough because they can't really pull like it's Urson or bust at this point. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, they're really putting all their eggs in the Urson Urson basket, which like they don't really have a choice. Like they kind of have to. Like, I mean, I guess you're not going to trade for a goaltender unless you're going to do like a Paul Holmgren and try to get a rock bottom Steve Mason or something. Yeah. Like, I, I guess if things got really, really bad, they could be like, all right, Cal Peterson, you're going back to the HL. Let's bring up Felix Sandstrom. But like, will that really do anything to change much? So no, and at least Cal so. Peterson, you know, I mentioned this last week, but at least Cal Peterson is a guy who has a lot of NHL experience. You know, he is a vet, not a very good vet, but he's a vet. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not really, uh, I'm not overly concerned about this. Like, this is, if anything, this is a great opportunity for Sam Harrison to come in and, and get reps 
which like he's he kind of said earlier in the season like he likes getting consistent starts he he wasn't crazy about you know having to wait two two and a half weeks between starts that's because that's tough it's hard to kind of it's hard to prepare yourself as a goalie when you have such a long such a big gap between performances so um yeah, I think this is a chance for him to kind of be like, no, nah, this is this is my net now. Like this is I'm the new I'm the new big man on campus. So like we'll I see what he does. I want himself. I I really want him to be the guy. I want oh, this yeah. to work out. Like not only from a Flyers perspective because I want the Flyers to do well and I want him to be the guy, but also I I just like him. You know, I I really want the son of heirs to to work out and. Yeah be a rock solid goalie for the flyers for, for years to come because there are a lot of young guys, as you mentioned last week, but there's not necessarily like one, like it's not like when Hart was coming up and it was like, well, Carter Hart's going to be here in a year and he's going to be the guy. Like there isn't a guy like that right now. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're goalies in the, in the system, the, but they're not even close to like NHL ready. And so right, right now, yeah, like we, like we were saying earlier, it's it's Arison's net right now. It is his time to prove himself. And this is – we're not going to have answers to this for months, maybe even a year, year and a half, two years from now. Like we just need to see how Arison does in this role as the full – as the number one goalie. So, yeah. And, yeah. So this is his chance. We'll see how he does. Yeah, I, I mean, I just am starting to to think of all this stuff is starting to become very pressing questions for me. We, you know, where the the trade deadline comes up, and then free agency because it really is a different landscape than it was a week and a half ago. Oh, I mean, this changes everything for the Flyers. This, yeah, this Carter Hart situation it totally derails a lot. And listen, I. I no, I, it's tough to talk if, about. It's tough to yeah, talk about. And yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't I, it's hard anything, to find. The, no, dude, I, I'm with you, and I think it's difficult for a lot of people to talk about, especially because you can't definitively say one thing or the other. Because I think there's a lot of things. I know there's a lot of things I'd like to say, and I'm sure there's a lot of things you'd like to say, and there's a lot of things I'll say well, over a beer at the bar that I won't say on this podcast. But what, uh, what I was gonna say is like. I don't, I don't know how this situation with Carter Hart has affected the Flyers, if at all. Like, oh, I'm sure you know, it's 100% affected the it's, Flyers. It's quite interesting that this losing streak is happening at the exact same time that all this is happening. So I, I don't I mean, know if, the, if they're York, connected. Cam York was Carter Hart's roommate, right? And right. he seems pretty shook by it. I don't know if it's affected his play. I'm not going to make that speculation. But emotionally that's tough for him to deal with uh sam urson to again be thrust into the spotlight like this and now be the guy that is a different type of pressure to be the the starting goaltender for the philadelphia flyers just a a different kind of pressure entirely and who even knows how the rest of the team feels about it you know this is regardless of everything else like this is tough to hear that your starting goaltender, your teammate is being accused of doing something this horrible and now has to face the police, has to turn himself into the police. That is, that's probably very shocking news for most of these guys, you know, and it's a lot to deal with, you know, and, uh, yeah, I don't even want to 
again, it, it's tough to comment on anything involving Hart, and uh, it's... Yeah, I've got comments. I'm not going to make them right now. But as far as the team goes, it's a difficult situation. Yeah. And, um, you know, we'll see how they respond from here. And all what we do know is that it's Sam Harrison's net now. So Sam Harrison's the, a net. And balls in his court. We'll see how he performs. And, you know, based off of how he's performed for much of the season, there's no reason to. I don't think there's really any reason to be panicking. Um, he has been very, very good this year. Um, you know, I, this is a lot of weight on his shoulders now. We'll see how he handles it. But um, by all accounts, I think he has earned um, an opportunity to be the, the, you know, to the opportunity to kind of take the net and run with it here. There ain't many options. Uh, and I feel pretty good about this one. We'll see what happens, but uh, I, I do like Sam Erson a lot. And I am uh, definitely pulling for him. And I, I, I am not going to end this show on such a murky, uh, unpleasant note as uh, the, the Flyers' uh, former goaltender at this point, but we're not going to end it on that note. No, we're going to end it on something a little bit more pleasant, and that's the players' pull in The Athletic. They do this every year. It's usually pretty fun. And the Flyers did not really appear much in the players poll this year. And that kind of goes with how irrelevant the franchise is currently around the league. It's not like uh, they have like a Joel Embiid, who's a a league recognized name, you know, an MVP. They don't have any of that. No, the Flyers are sadly not mentioned very much. Even the city of Philadelphia not mentioned as one that uh, people love to visit or, or don't love to visit. It was neither very nebulous. And it's a shame because, as I've mentioned many times, Philadelphia has some kick-ass restaurants and uh, people should enjoy visiting. But I'm sure all the players should have cheesesteaks and call it a day. You know, that's how it goes. But anyway, they weren't really mentioned on that. The one area that the Flyers were mentioned on was in the category of who's the player in the league whose face you want to punch the most. Yes. The number one, an overwhelming number, 28.57% voted for Nick Cousins as the player that they want to punch the most. That's very funny. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I think. Um, uh, knowing what yeah. we all he, know he about He just drives Cousins, everybody crazy. Everybody hates Nick Cousins. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing what we know about Nick Cousins in a lot of respects, I, I definitely, you know, understand why people would want to punch him in the face. And then I believe in the article, people were saying that like, He'll talk shit and not back it up, that kind of stuff. You know, like he's just like out there just, you know, kind of ratting it up, but not really doing anything afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest, Steve. I do not see Travis Konechny on this list, and I'm very shocked about that. The Jerk Store's all-time bestseller might not be the Jerk Store's all-time bestseller anymore. It might, you know, it's very upsetting to hear. TK has pissed off some people in his day. I mean, that motor mouth has just infuriated the penguins over the years. Like I remember the stadium series game where he just did not shut up the entire time. And it was great. And he doesn't appear No, the, the list. So Nick cousins led the way. Then it was Brad Marchand. No surprise there. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, your boy, uh, Michael Bunting, Connor Garland, and then a current Philadelphia flyer, Garnet Hathaway was not expecting to see old Gary Hathaway on there. Garnet Hathaway is a master podster. 
He's really like him and Konechny are both incredibly good at stirring the pot. And like, I think I knew we, nothing about Garnet Hathaway before he was a flyer. And yes, I called him Gary on purpose guys, because Garnet is not a real first name. I don't believe that for a second. I knew nothing about this guy. Um, but yeah, apparently he is, he, he stirs the shit. I remember him spitting on somebody when he played for the, uh, uh, for the flames. Um, oh wow! So yeah, so he played for the Flames. I believe he spit on Eric Goodbranson. Yeah, it was Eric Goodbranson, and uh, so yeah, that kind of you know sent the hockey world ablaze when that happened. And um, it just feels like he's always he's always mixing it up after the whistle. Like he he loves it. That's what he does. He's great at annoying people, and we knew that coming in. Like we knew that he was a pest. And he even said that he, that's kind of one of the things that he loves to do is he loves, he takes pride in being a pest and like being quote unquote hard to play against. So he's a perfect fit for the Flyers. He's exactly the kind of guy that they were looking for. See, you knew that I thought he was a character that had come to life out of a book. I mean, his name would suggest that. Yeah. That's what his name suggests. I, I don't, I still don't believe he's a real boy, but He's been a pretty good hockey player, I will admit. I will he's admit. Good. He's, he's He's fun. He's a fun he's player to fun. watch. He's a fun team on this this team that we don't know where they will finish in the Metro standings at this point. We have no clue. They could finish second to last or they could finish in second. I guess we'll find out along the way. But the other interesting name I found on this list as far as the Flyers go is uh, noted former Flyer Radko Gudis uh, ended up on this list with, what is that, 1.36%? Uh, Dadko Gudis. That's no surprise. Radko Gudis is a dude who will hammer your ass. Like he laid out some guys in the day and he still was uh, involved in the worst fight I've ever saw, saw uh, seen in person. That would have Kevin be the one. Kevin Bieksa. Yep. Superman punch. That was awful. Fight to be there <laughs> that was for. so funny. I thought it was going to be a knockdown drag out and one punch. He's down. I'm like, are you kidding me? Gudis is not a good fighter. That's the funny thing. Like he's tough but he's not afraid. And, like he hits people. He's not. Yeah, and he's not afraid. Like he he'll drop the mitts, fighting. but he's not good yeah. at it. Yeah, I mean, you like know, he's it's... somehow he he's a lot like Braden Shen. But oh, Braden Shen. Braden Shen is a better fighter than oh, that's Radko Gudis, which is sad because Braden Shen sucks at fighting. He can't or even grow like... a beard, whereas Radko Gudis has an all you know an elite beard in the NHL. Yeah, like Braden Shen can. F- Braden Shen can win some fights against like other like light to middleweights, but like anyone like uh, it's kind of 50 50 there, but like Gouda's is going to like, I don't think I've ever seen him win a fight. <laughs> he's sure just not a good fighter. If you go to hockey fights, I'm sure he's won one or two in his time, but yeah. not, Man, not too many. Know. Yeah. I'm he, sure he's he always has. willing. He's always willing to drop them, but like, he's just not that good. I respect that. I respect that. On the final note, something I do not respect. The other thing of note from the players poll as they talked about underrated players. And one of the underrated players mentioned the number one underrated player, Alexander Barkov. Are you shitting me, guys? We've been doing this for like 10 years. <laughs> like, I think we cannot. About 10 years. We cannot keep calling Alexander Barkov underrated. We can't do it. It's just insanity. He is not underrated. He is perfectly rated where he is. He's one of the best two-way forwards in the league. He's a fantastic offensive force. We all respect the hell out of Alexander Barkov. You know, there's nobody who doesn't. 
And I, I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of it, guys. Can we stop calling him underrated? And this is the NHL players calling him this. Like, <laughs> this isn't even like, this isn't fans. These are the players calling him this. So people apparently, even the players still think he's underrated. I did like some of the other names on here, though, like Sam Reinhart, Braden Point, Miko Rantanen, uh, Kyle Connor, Joel Erickson Eck. Like, these are guys that I, I think do fly a little bit under the national radar that are very, very good. And I, is Sam Reinhart a free agent this uh, coming off season? I'm not sure. And I, did, I would look it up, but I don't feel like it. So well, it's gonna... the end of the show. So who cares? <laughs> yeah. But I believe. Let, let me he say is. this. I think in terms of like underrated, there's a couple of players on the list who I think d- certainly are underrated. One of them, well, two of them defensemen, Jonas Brodeen and Jacob Slavin. Now, Jacob Slavin, I think, does has built up a reputation as like one of the, if not the better, like best defensive defenseman in the NHL. Like yeah. he's great at playing defense, like one of the very, very best. For sure. Jonas Brodeen is awesome. Like when I was covering the Minnesota wild and I was watching them every night and this is when they sucked a few years ago, like, like right in the era where they like canned Bruce Boudreaux in favor of, um, of uh, Dean Evison. They were just miserable to watch, but Jonas Brodeen always stood out. He made, he's an excellent skater. And that's something I didn't know about him before. Like when I think of Jonas Brodeen, he's, he he doesn't really he just gets no international attention whatsoever but like watching him play he skates beautifully he can keep up with anybody i saw him shut down mcdavid for an entire game i mean oh, wow. dude can play um so jonas brodeen i think he's very underrated and also like i don't know why we're still like i know he's he gets respect nationally but i don't know why mark stone doesn't get more why he's not talked about even more than he already is. Oh, I, I think he's, he's got to be one of the best defensive wings of all time. Yeah. Like he is to me. I think he needs to be talked about way more. I know he does get his roses every once in a while, but like, I think Mark stone is just the man. I think he's so good to be this good at defense and like being on the wing. Like you don't see a lot of wingers playing defense as well as he does. And just, he's the, he's like a master disruptor. He's constantly getting in the way and fucking everything up for the other team. Like that's he's one of the he, key he reasons that the Knights are so good. Like, yes, they are who they are because he is so damn good. Like he is really the, 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 the motor on that team. Like he's just so damn good at hockey and you know how i didn't realize i actually i did miss a flyer on this article travis connectney got a little bit of love in the underrated category he got a was it 1.19 percent of the vote there yeah so travis connectney a couple guys called him underrated and i appreciate that because we love our tk around these parts and i've said this before if you put tk on a team like Toronto or Edmonton, like somebody with like truly elite offensive talent, TK is going to feast. TK is going to be an unbelievable player. If he's like second banana to like great talent. And he does pretty damn well when he's the best player on the team offensively, you know, um, God knows what he would do playing with like an Austin Matthews or something. Yeah, no, I mean, he's been great. He's been awesome. So he's great. And I love him. I don't want to, I'll tell you what, the Flyers could have a nice payday if they did decide to trade him, but we love him. I uh, don't want him traded, but I also wouldn't blame Danny Breer if he could get a haul. 
another player, Rupe Hints. Dude is oh, very, very good. He's and awesome. No one, I feel like people don't talk about him nearly as much because people are talking about Jason Robertson and and Miro Heiskinen and Jake Ottinger on the stars. But like Rupe but that's because is the man. As Bill Matz once said on BSH Radio, his name is Rope. Yeah, his name so is literally Rope. That's why. That's why he's underrated yeah. because his name is Rope. <laughs> yeah. So, good but he's Bill. awesome. Rope Hints is great. So... <laughs> No, he's he really is a fantastic talent. I mean, really Dallas good two way really, player. Yeah, Dallas has some special young talent on that roster, and uh, you know, as, as we know, Dallas sucks. So I hope they never put it together. But uh, you know, they they have some really good guys on the Stars team. Yeah, yeah. No, it's exciting. I I like watching Hints a lot. He has twenty two goals in forty seven games this year, so that's pretty pretty good. And uh, yeah, he's he's coming off of two straight thirty seven goal seasons. I have a feeling he could surpass that this year. So imagine having a forty goal scorer. God, I can't. I think the, I don't know. I, I don't know that that's ever happened since I started watching the Flyers. I think the last one was Jeff Carter. Yeah. Yeah. So no, that is the not closest they me. came. Since Carter, I believe, was Scott Hartnell in 2012. Let's see. I believe that was the case. So, Scott Hartnell. But, yeah, it's... Wayne Simmons had a couple good years, but he he never got to that point. And, let's see. Hartsey had... In 2012, Hartsey had 37. So, I think that's the closest we came. Drew had that one, like, 34-goal season back in... When he had that, like, 100 and... 100 point year back in 2017 18. Oh, when he was robbed of the heart? Yeah. Yeah. When he was robbed by Taylor Hall? That's right. Yes. Absolutely absurd to this day. Just, uh, it's outrageous. (laughs) I I can't believe that happened. Yeah, but Hartsey's the closest they've come. Jeff Carter was the last one. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Not a single. Let's go, Owen Tippett. Come on, Owen Tippett. Watching. Once, uh, once Mishkov gets over here, uh, you know, oh, it'll it, change. Not, yeah. It'll change. Oh, Owen Tippett and Matvey Mishkov. They're going to make magic happen together. That's what's going to happen. They're going to, the, the flyers are going to go from having zero 40 goal scorers in like 20 years to having a 60 goal score. <laughs> 60 goal score. Mishkov is going to come and <laughs> You're score not getting 60 your hopes goals. up too high there. 10 of them are going to be Michigan goals. It's going to be so funny. Well, listen, now that Mishkov is starting to implement his plan of tanking over in Russia to get released from his team and come over to North America sooner. It's it's I in sure the works, that's guys. What doing. That's what he's doing. I know it. That's my I'm putting on my tinfoil hat and that's what's happening. I'm telling you. Sources tell me. Get out of there, Matvey. Get out. Of, get out. Come over to North America. You can crash over at the Estee pad. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Come on, you can Very hang comfy out. couch. I will convert the entire basement into an apartment for Matvey if he wants to come hide out for a little bit. Yeah. Bring Fedotov, too. Like a, we can all have a good time. You can hang out with Brucey boy. Sounds like a good deal. So. Yeah, it's a good deal. All right, folks, it's getting late. It's time to go, but we appreciate you listening, and we appreciate you subscribing and liking and rating and all that good shit. All right, but if you have any feedback for us, the best place is, sadly, social media. Quigs, where can people find you on the Twitter and Blue Sky? At Ryan Quiggs with a Z. Thank you very much. Hey, hey. All right. Follow Ryan Quiggs with a Z. Follow Flyperbole. Follow Bomb over on Twitter, X, Blue Sky, MySpace, Facebook. 
don't, don't go to Facebook. I don't like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all that fun stuff. Follow Broad Street Hockey and yeah, be sure to subscribe. We got some uh, changes coming to Broad Street Hockey also, so be on the lookout for that. But uh, we're bringing on some new writers. Things are going good. Be sure to check out all of our great content, especially as the Flyers go through this next month, which is going to be fascinating leading up to the trade deadline. Danny Breer's first trade deadline. I'll tell you what, the Flyers are not going to be dull at the very least. They are going to be no. interested. So, so yeah. check it out. We got some great content coming for you. We got a lot of podcasts, a lot of writing coming your way. But folks, we love you all. We got to get going. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 wow. Why am I doing that one? I don't know. Game of Thrones. Why not? Wow, 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 wow. And thanks to the good people over at Bet Online for sponsoring the show. Be sure to check them out. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.